Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So Luke 11, sometimes I have really great introductory thoughts that are humorous or fun or exciting or energizing. These are real average. Sorry. This is my favorite fleece top shirt thingy. I think this is as, as old as some of my children. But I still, it's kind of my go-to thing. It's just comfortable. And, and so that's like, that's been around, I think, probably 20 years. So you're like, man, get a life. I know. But, the, the, and these are like my favorite gloves. They're not as old as the fleece thing, but they've been around a long time. I'm a little, a little, I'm a little bit sad because, because I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So it may be time to retire the favorite gloves. I just used these these last week, go-to gloves. Here's why I bring it up, though. Both of these gifts were given by the same person. My mother-in-law is a phenomenal gift giver. And I, I just, I, she just does. I was talking to my wife about it the other day. She brought it up. She just knows how to figure out what will, whether it's practicality or font. She just is good at it. So it raises a question. Do you know anyone that excels in gift giving? Do you know, you know somebody? Do you know somebody? Is he, who is it? Aaron? Yeah. We're just going to talk for a minute. Just, maybe most of us know somebody. I also thought of my dad who, like especially Christmas time or whatever, he had a knack for giving me things. I just knew, oh, oh this is from dad. It's going to be dangerous. <laughs> I loved it because what four-year-old doesn't need a pocket knife? <laughs> Amen? Guys, right now there's a big disconnect between the women and the men. So ladies, Silence. Gentlemen, what good four-year-old doesn't need a pocket knife? Right. Woo! Some of you are not going to recover. You're like, your body language just did this. Like. Anyway, my dad just tend to, like, would be like, you know, oh, yeah, he needs one of these. It could explode. Yeah! So anyway, my dad was a great gift giver. Transition, get a little more spiritual here. Have you ever considered this reality? God excels at gift giving. God is a good gift giver. You look at creation, right? Which arguably is a gift to us. Uh, there are accounts in the Bible where God's people, there's one account where God's people were being, by the way, this is a gift, being freed from slavery. And on their way out, he made their slave, the slave owner people, give them possessions as they left town. It says, the Lord made the Egyptians favor, favorably disposed toward, that's God's people, and they gave them whatever they asked for. So God just, you know, manipulated things to bring these gifts into his people. In John 3, 16, most of us have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, greatest gift ever. And we, every so often, will recognize the verse in the book of James. 
that says every good and perfect gift is from above. God is a good gift giver. Two thoughts come to my mind in the midst of that. One, how cool is that? It's awesome. But have you also ever felt the tension of, well, if God is good and he's a great gift giver and all those things, then why does my shoulder still hurt? You ever, right, think of that area in your life where you wonder, well, if God is good and all that, how come my friend is struggling with this emotional health thing. Come on. Anybody with me like God? How does this work? Because it's that tension. So you want to know the answer to how that works? Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Or I mean like, yeah, I don't, I exactly how it works. I don't know. Uh, I can probably give you some insights. One, this is a sinful world and this is never going to be heaven. And so Although we see God interjecting goodness and all those things, there's a real enemy, there's the real, there's a devil, there's sinful flesh that causes messes. So some of it's that. The other side, and this is where we're headed today, is it will help us unlock God's gift-giving nature to know how he works. Does that make sense? Like, it's how does this work, Lord? Because I do believe God is good. And that God gives gifts. But we need to explore how do you unlock some of that in God. So hold that thought. We're in this series, finishing it up, called Hello, Dad. A fresh look at our Heavenly Father. And today we're going to explore a text that teaches us about God's giving nature and gives us insight into how it works. So in Luke 11, the background is... The disciples, a few of the disciples, have just asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, which is kind of connected to how do you get answers, I'm assuming. How do you receive from the Father? In response to that, Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer, which a lot of us will know. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that's part of his answer. And then he gives the disciples and us a word picture to help us know how this receiving kind of a thing from God works. So we'll start in verse 5 of Luke 11. We're going to look at several verses, so hang in there. Jesus just taught on the Lord's Prayer, and it says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend! Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and 
to the one who seeks, finds, sorry, and the, blah, 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 blah. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Just a couple more verses. It's another word picture. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you... Then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? A lot of verses. There's a lot in there. Title of the talk is Generous Dad, the Father who Freely Gives. And I want to look at two things from the text that will help us, I think, unlock our experience in receiving from God. It's a big deal. These principles, I think, are fairly simple. But it's the kind of thing that will affect us tomorrow. Like if, when you think about who God is, if we could get that door open, that'll affect this week. Or does that make sense? Like, no? Yes? Sort of? Like this is the kind of big deal stuff. So let me pray. Open our eyes, Lord, to what the Scripture teaches us, what Jesus taught his first disciples, what he's teaching us today about um, unlocking the door to your generosity. Uh, if there's things in my plans, Father, that don't make sense, will you fix them? And as I talk, will you highlight the, the better things? Help me try not to say anything stupid. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you know it happens. So if you're on site, there's places you can fill in some of these fill-in-the-blanks online. You can make some notes. The first thing we're going to talk about is God's gift giving is connected to our asks, our requests. And what I would encourage you to do is reread the entire text. Everything that is given in the text is something that's connected to a request. Everything that's transacted, is that the way? Anyway, is because someone is saying, hey, so whether it's, you know, the egg or the, 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 the fish or the bread, all those things someone is asking for. And then there's the verse, and it's verse 9. Jesus wraps up kind of the first word picture, and then he says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Verse 10 says, for everyone who asks, receives. And so we're heading here. This is a fill in the blank. Jesus' word picture paints asking as a necessity. In this text, this paints asking as a necessity. I think it also encourages us to be courageous in our asking. The first word picture where the man goes to his neighbor, I, I don't know that I thought about this very deeply. In verse 5, it says, suppose you have a friend, and now picture this in your neighborhood, your world. You go to him at, everybody say midnight. Wait a minute. You go to him at midnight 
and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Midnight, so I started thinking through this, whether I would do that or not. Like just in my neighborhood, right across the street, Darlene and Sean live. Just yesterday, yesterday just yesterday, I took them over some cinnamon rolls that my wife made. Anybody need to get all the fat stuff out of your house after Thanksgiving? This is not what the talk is about, but you know, what do you do with that? Give it to someone else. Help them get... Okay, never mind. I prayed, God, I wouldn't say anything stupid. I already did. But, so they were receptive. I called them. But when I think, oh, I'll go over, if it was midnight, I would not go over and knock on Sean's door. Because that could be, depending on your neighborhood, dangerous. By the way, if you're, thinking about coming, if you're thinking about coming to my house tonight at midnight, don't you do this. Somebody will do this. <laughs> right? And like start knocking on my door, you might want to have some sort of shield. <laughs> or you need to say something. Mark, it's me. Mark, it's me. So, because just, you guys don't. And even in the text, well, you think, well, back in the Bible times, everybody just loved everybody. And everybody just lived in every. No, it says that the door was locked. Did you know, like, he's got the door locked, and what I'm pointing toward is it takes some guts for this guy just to go and ask. But if he does not ask, he never gets the bread. No bread for you. What are the chances that this guy's neighbor is going to just happen to notice that someone pulls in his drive at midnight and just wonder, I wonder if, you know, Charles has enough bread. I guess I'll take him over three loaves. It's not going to happen, right? Someone pulls into my neighbor's house. I don't typically think, well, they have enough food. So you see how important? Like, it's just noteworthy. Wow, this guy has to go and ask for it. By the way, in most of Jesus' ministry moments, especially with individuals where God brought a big blessing into their life, a healing, most of those all are connected to a person came to him and asked. One is in Luke 18. This is also in Mark chapter 10, I think. So the character in that story is probably, his name is Bartimaeus. It's probably the same guy. But basically, Jesus is coming into a town. People realize it's Jesus, so there ends up being this Jesus parade. People just start gathering around him. There's a blind man who's sitting on the edge of the street, like in today's terms. He'd be like sitting on the curb, probably. And in the midst of all the ruckus, he says, what's going on? Who's here? And somebody communicates to him, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And so the blind gentleman begins to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, help me. Jesus, notice me. And uh, the crowd says, be quiet. But he keeps crying out. And Jesus stops the parade and says, tell that guy to come here. That's paraphrased, but that's basically what happens. And then here we pick it up where they bring the blind man to Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, look at this. He says, what do you want me to do for you? That's what he's, what do you want me to do for you? Boy, that's a moment. How many of you know Jesus knows everything that's going on in this guy's life? I mean, he knows he's blind, but he knows every possible response. Probably this guy doesn't have just one need in his life. 
What do you want me to do for you? And the, and the gentleman says, Lord, I want to see. Notice that what he gets is directly connected to what he asks for. I mean, he could have said, Lord, I want a gift card. Or, Lord, I want my friend to feel better. Or, I want to, I'd love to have a date. Or whatever those things are, which maybe are needs in his life, but God responds, Lord, I want to see Jesus. And it says, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. His, what he receives, is connected to what he asks for. Silly, a silly illustration came to my mind as I was thinking about this, because this is very directly connected to this ask and receive stuff. And I thought probably because Christmas is coming, I thought about the whole Santa Claus thing. Picture of Santa Claus, we'll be seeing it in stores or movies or whatever. And one of the warm, fuzzy moments of the Santa Claus story, which is fun, at some point, Santa Claus, right, gets in his magic sleigh and, and he flies over cities. And he, he just ran, I can never think of the word, indis, indiscriminatorily, right? He just bursts with gifts for everybody, right? Have you seen, right? Ho, 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 right? He's flying over Mishawaka. Ho, 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 ho. Every chimney, he just is... Have you guys not heard of Christmas? I, isn't that right? You know, he's got these special little elves, you know, every beginning, and he just has the magic bag and just exploding with toys for everyone, every city, every town, and we think, this is cool, it's Christmas and all those things. Can I just tell you that, 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 that receiving from God, God is not Santa Claus. Some of you are like, what? No, God is not Santa Claus from a biblical perspective. God is, does not, although he is generous, he causes the sun to rise and set on the evil and the good, the Bible says. There are certain things that we all experience. But when it comes to specifics, he is very involved with the people who are more involved in asking from him. It's not just this gush of whatever. So all this challenges me with a question, how am I doing it asking? How am I doing at asking? And by the way, don't be this person. It's easy to be these people. Don't be the person who, oh, by the way, Santa Claus, right? He, and he does all that while we're just, while everybody's just sleeping, right? What'd we do? We just, well, we just slept and the trees, you know, the, the presents appear. Don't be the person who is disappointed that God didn't fill your life with presence and you're just mad because, well, why doesn't God, why doesn't God, when you haven't asked for any of it? Does that make sense? It's easy to only begin to be spiritual and have, and have desires from God when we don't get it. Well, I can't believe God didn't, and I can't believe God didn't, and I can't, believe, I can't believe God didn't, and some of this, ready? Some of this is just on me. I think there'll be times God looks down and says, what, you didn't ask. We didn't even talk about it. Yes, I know you had that need, but you never talked to me about it. You never prayed about it. You never pursued me enough. Does that make sense? This just raises the bar for me on my diligence 
in communicating and talking and asking the Lord. So how am I doing at my ask? Let me give you three hints in asking. These are fill in the blanks. Ask regularly. And I would give you this assignment. If you have not already done this, pause and consider the three or four things in your life that are the most important requests that you have. And you should wear God out praying for those things. Parents, your kids, they're going to need a parent who knocks on the door all the time. Right? Wear him out. God, I'm asking for protection for my kids. God, I'm asking for the day of salvation for my kids. God, I'm asking that my kids would grow up. I, oh, how about this? I'm asking for my kids to grow up understanding their identity. I'm asking that my son would grow up and he would know he's a man. I'm, I'm asking that my daughter would grow up and know she, she's a woman. I'm asking that my, all those things, things now, the things that I didn't pursue and pray for my kids uh, when they were little, but now if I, I would readjust some of those prayers now. Like I, I want my son to grow up and I want him to be attracted to the ladies. And I want, or do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I just think it's, though some of those prayers, we should be pray. what, is that, right? That's a good, is that not a good prayer? That's a great prayer. And I, especially culturally today, where we're adding so much confusion with a lot of stuff, we're going to have to start praying. Knock on the door for your kids. And there, there are other things that are important to you. Pray for your spouse, or if you're single and you're praying for a future spouse, pray for them that, like, that God will bring you somebody who loves Jesus, right? All that stuff. Ask regularly. Ask specifically. The idea here from the text is that the guy goes over and he asks for three loaves of bread. That's just noteworthy. He needed three, so he asked for three. Ask for others. Our prayers should include some sense of, I'm not just praying about my stuff, but I'm praying for other people. The gentleman is interceding for bread because his friend came on a journey and his friend's hungry. Don't let life be all about you. So that's God's gift giving is connected to our asks. Second thing is his gift giving prioritizes his spirit. His spirit. This is not where I thought I would go with this talk. But what I noticed in verse 13 is it says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So that's where we're heading. Let me just tell you a personal story to try to illustrate. As a dad, a dad to three uh, now adult children, some things that they would ask for got higher priority from me than others. Ta-da! Example, when my kids were little, we would go through checkout lines at the end of grocery shopping. Is that not parental hell? I don't even know if I can say that. But depending on the discipline and the desires of your kids, right? Everything shiny and I want that and I want it. I, sorry, that's two dumb things I've said so far, Lord. Um, so I specifically remember my kids requesting one of these. It's called a lolly go round. It's a sucker 
mounted on a little mechanical battery-operated battery spinner thing that you push a button and the sucker spins. Is, has anyone ever seen these things? Yes. So my kids, at least a few times, would say, I want one of the, right? Just so you know. And they're like, they were like $150 or something. <laughs> That's totally a lie. But in our budget, when my kids, they were, they were, I don't know, two bucks, three bucks. It was way more than this frugal dad was going to. And I still remember my kids. Now, did I care that they wanted one? Well, yeah, because I think they're cool too. But it really didn't jerk me into, oh, absolutely, Isaac. You're definitely going to get one of those. My plan, I just thought of this the other day, better plan. Let me give you a 20-cent sucker. You put it between your hands and you just do this. And then it's that same thing. Is that not a great idea? So parents, use that. They'll get exercise. You can totally use that. Some of you are like, this church is so worth coming to because that's practical, baby. Practical. Anyway. That's three, Lord. That's three. Oh. So I don't think I ever bought him one of those things. But I still remember when one of them was just starting school. Kindergarten, maybe first grade. And they came home, and you know what they wanted? They wanted help in school to make the right decisions. How do you know my dad muscles, reflexes? I'm, I'm totally into that. I want to do, I remember when my kids would say, this is really hard, I don't know what to do, but I want to know what God wants me to do. See, those kinds of moments are things that your Father in heaven says, I'm on that. I'm on that. That kind of idea is what this scripture teaches on a request for more of the Holy Spirit. Right? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This word in the original language, more, it looks like this. And it means more, it means rather. So it's a prioritization of when we ask, God says, that is a great prayer, and I'm going to do that. It means it refers to what is better as compared to what is merely good. So here is the argument. This is a fill in the blank. Nothing throws God's generosity lever like a request for more spirit. More of his spirit. And we're going to finish, I'll slow down, generosity lever, like, like a request for more of his spirit. And so we're going to finish our time just by trying to uh, encourage you is asking for more of God's spirit part of our regular requests of the Lord. It really, really, really should be. Now, I know there are different people in the room or listening. Some of you are like, yeah, I ask all the time. That is awesome. Some of us might be like, well, I've asked a few times, but I don't do it a lot. We should up that. Some of you may have never asked, never voiced a prayer with others or by yourself. God, will you give me your spirit? And I would argue sometimes we pray about other things that are good things, but the answer 
would be covered if God just poured out his spirit on us. It, uh, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. Look at some of the things that just come with the spirit. If the spirit is in us, working in us, empowering in us, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, with, with, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. How do you know if we just had those things, <laughs> today would go pretty well? And it's God's Spirit. You say, Lord, give me your Spirit. That comes with the package. I was thinking of just examples that I know in the Bible where, a, where God's Spirit would come on a person and they would have supernatural strength. Or the Spirit would come on them, and then the words that they would speak would affect the lives of thousands of other people. I, anybody have any sinful habits that they just can't break? Did, um, would, you, would you like to talk share with your? Go ahead. You just want to, I'm kidding. Just messing with you. Every once in a while, I'll do that. And then people start to freak. They're like, ah, is he going to go around and ask us all? No, but most of us probably have what I would describe as like a besetting sin. It's something like, we, I don't want to do it, but I did it again. We don't want all that kind of stuff. Look at, look at this. In Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Anybody need strength for a situation, a difficult situation? Yeah, some of us are in it right now. And Zechariah 4.16 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Anybody dealing with anxiety or sadness or, or emotional health stuff? In Romans 14, it connects peace and joy with the Holy Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit is this serve all Answer many times, although we should ask for specifics, many times. Man, if God just poured out his spirit, it would all be good. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have time. Real quick, have you ever had a computer problem and, and then you like Google like the 140 steps to try to fix the, the thing and, I mean, I've never had this problem because I'm super techie. <laughs> That's a good place to laugh because I'm horrible at this. And then, so you're like, hey, my computer won't do this and that or whatever. And some brainiac person, we love you guys, by the way. You just lean over and you go, oh, just do this. Click. Whoa. And everything's good again. Is that, have you not, do you not love those people? Yeah. And hate them a little too, but you love them? I'm telling you, like, the Spirit of God is this kind of all-encompassing, like, just if you just asked for this, if you just did get, it's that kind of a spiritual, I don't want to call it a spiritual trick, but yes! So we'll finish. Last question. Will I ask God for more of His Spirit? We really should. More of His Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.